0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 94 of the Millennial Gaming Speak podcast. I am your host, Logan Moore, and it is May 21st, the week of May 21st. With me, as always, is Max Robert
1: Hi, Max. What's going on? Nothing much. Just prepping for E3 on our end, since you're going to be gone. You're going to fly away. Magical mm-hmm. boy going to the show, so I got to... Do all this podcasty stuff? I was thinking today. I was like, "Man, he, I'm gonna have to actually log into the show's email account and record." Yeah, I will have to teach you. like yeah, how to, like, like, do how how to set up the setup. Hangout. I was like, "Oh, I don't know how to set up the Hangouts. I just do I'll the have audio." To teach you that. Yeah, because um, you don't
0: know how to do that. I yet.
1: I was thinking about that. I was like, oh, "I got to do all of that." But I think we've we talked before the show off the air. We've I think we've got a pretty good plan as far as this show's content for all varieties of things. So. I'm looking forward to it. I was looking at so, my calendar. So here's
0: the plan. We'll mention it again next week. All right. But two weeks from now, episode 96, predictions episode. So we're going to do all June, our predictions in one episode. June 4th? June 4th, live on um, YouTube. And then immediately we will post that episode ASAP so that it actually has as long a lifespan as humanly possible. It's going to um, go up that night. It'll go. Okay. So
1: it'll go up that night on Sunday. If Max doesn't have a television show to nope. watch on it, Friday night. Um, actually, that is when Fear of the Walking Dead comes back, but I think the people I watch with are going to be out of town on a cruise. But either way, it's going up that night. Uh, I'll just stay up and put it up. So Monday morning, June 5th, it will be live for everyone, along with the next episode of Behind the Pixel. So both of those things go up on the same day.
0: Oh, yeah, it does go up the next day. Um so we'll post that as soon as possible. That'll be a prediction. Our predictions episode. How, we talked about doing like a bunch of them. We just decided to do yeah, one. But how
1: can, How are we doing the predictions in the show? We're doing five for each of the big three. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and, and we'll and we'll run over this again yeah. when we actually record it. And, but five predictions, and then we're going to throw all the third parties into one basket and predict five for collectively EA, Ubisoft, and Bethesda because. As we'll get into with the news later, Bethesda has kind of already showed their hand, and EA really doesn't reveal new stuff too often at E3, at least with what they've been doing with EA Play. So there's not a lot of predictions to be had between those two, which leaves us with Bethesda, which I think there are more predictions to make with that company.
1: Um, I think you you did but, say yeah. Ubisoft I, you said Bethesda revealed their hand this week. You you met. he meant me. I Ubisoft. thought I said Ubisoft. Yeah, anyway, he meant he he, he meant Ubisoft. Um so Ubisoft kinda showed everything and we'll talk about that. But so we're gonna do twenty predictions in all for both of us. And that will be and uh time coded out so you can check the notes and if you just yeah, want to we'll, hear we'll Xbox, you can jump all. to Xbox. We'll we'll get that all situated out. But yeah, we'll we'll mention that again next week and the week after.
0: But that at least gives us the longest period of time to go or to drag us out until e3 because companies are still revealing a bunch of stuff as we will get into once again with the news this week um there's still a lot happening in the lead up to e3 so we don't want to predict things that then may be confirmed or denied before the show ever begins so that this is the best way for us and plus i think max thought we were going to do a three-hour episode it'll probably be 90 minutes if i had to guess so I don't think it'll be too long, but that's what we're doing with that. As far as post E three or in the mirror, co- E3, E3 coverage. coverage, Yeah, E3 coverage in general, Max will be manning the
1: podcast on with that. And I'm gonna we're going to do on one per day. One per Sunday, day. Monday. And uh, that was my roommate. Apparently Boom. very good dough to play. Apparently um, I'm going to have a different guest on for each of the shows at the end of the days um i'm aiming for someone that knows the big company of that day so someone who's pretty intimate with microsoft someone who's pretty intimate with sony and someone who knows nintendo uh we'll recap third-party stuff that happens during that day so like on microsoft's we'll throw bethesda in there on um yeah it'll be a di- it'll yeah. we'll be it'll be a it'll be a day breakdown yeah but it'll it mostly cover the big Tuesday will
0: be primarily nintendo because that's Tuesday, it Tuesday, but.
1: yeah I may call them. in for that one though. And
0: or I'll try to call in for all of them, but I'll try to call in for Tuesdays as well and just be like, hey, here's what E3 is like and here's how much diarrhea is currently in my pants yep. because I'm here. Yep. So, We're gonna
1: Logan's gonna I'll be around the computer pretty much, so we'll be able to record any of Logan's call ins and I'll just throw those in the audio versions of the shows as well. So um that removes the need to schedule everything out since your schedule is kind of um while meetings are set in stone uh, the rest of it is pretty fluid i would say
0: yeah, yeah i mean it'll be it'll be like normal and then i get home that friday i will be dead for two it'll be like it'll be very much like jesus where i assume that i will be dead for friday and saturday but then i will rise back on sunday right. and maybe we can record a podcast
1: <laughs> we'll probably record on sunday or monday so E three, yeah,
0: we'll figure that all out. Um, But yeah, E three continues to approach. Fun time to be talking games. Obviously, the best part of the year, I think, other than when maybe a new console or something comes out. But that's not every year, so E three is the best time for games and
1: Christmas. Very
0: much looking forward to actually attending this year, and not only being there for the conferences and for the show, but just like meeting and talking to the people and seeing, I mean, there's this whole other side to the show that we've never seen, mm-hmm. which is the actual playing of the games that have been shown off or revealed. Um, assuming that they are playable on the show for you, but that's going to be a ton of fun. And I'm looking forward to that experience. And I sure I'm sure there will be a three hour podcast with me talking about everything that happened there. Every little that. detail. It's very similar to the PSX one. The PSX one was spread out. Oh, well, it'll be the same thing here at the 3 I guess. I was going to say the PSX one was sp- spread out across, like, what, three or four days? And I talked about that entire trip. This one spread out across, like, a week. So it'll be it'll be fun. It'll be good experience for me. I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, but in the meantime, so what have you been doing game-wise? Same old, same old Persona and Mario Kart, probably, and that's it? Yep, same old, same old. um Um, i played i played mario kart last night my friend came over with his switch and we played it yeah it's mario kart yep that's my review i mean it's
1: fantastic i was playing last night with alex o'neill and his friends
0: i'll get it at some point down the road but just i mean that's the thing i had been really looking at it i'm like oh maybe i'll cave and get it maybe i'll get it maybe i'll get it and then i played it and i was like all right i got that out of my system like it's it's fun, but it's just Mario Kart. It's great, which is it's so much fun. Not a bad. Th- it's not a bad thing, but it's just again, there's so much else right now that I'm trying to play and get to and get my hands on and get a feel for, um, and I want to do that as badly as I can. I'm trying. I'm also trying to like open things up this year too. So I- I've cho- I've chosen like a really bad year to do this, but I'm trying to taste new genres or games that I typically don't go out and try. When are you going to play and that MOBA? Been... When am I going to play what? A MOBA. A mo... Never? <laughs> Never? <laughs> I mean, that's is... that's not on my list of to-do. Mainly, I'm trying to sink into
1: Japanese-rooted games a little bit more. Get... Um, You're done? You're going to mention this in a minute. You're done with Prey? Jump on Persona. I'm not going to jump on Persona yet. <laughs> you could leave your PS4 have... in rest and do remote play across the country no thank you no i'm not gonna play anything during e3 besides the games that
0: are on the show that i have to play or the games that i'm demoing or whatever um there's no way i am not bringing i mean i'll think about it but i don't think i'm gonna bring a console to on the trip with. i would think you'd bring your the plane switch i was yeah i don't know i'm not gonna bring a switch i i don't have anything to play is alda to, I, I don't know, It'd be more than anything, it'd be like, oh, cool, here I am with my Switch on the plane. Uh, Alright, I, I don't know, I guess I'll take a nap. I, I don't know, I, I typically don't game that much on the planes either. Um, maybe if I did it a little bit more. Um, I mean, so Persona's the obvious Japanese game, yes, but... Near
1: autonomous Near
0: Automata... Yakuza... Um, Yakuza's on the list as well. Um and then there was something else I think that I wanted to get to at some point, but I can't remember what it is right now. It just
1: came, didn't it just come out too not long ago? Um I can't remember. N-
0: Neo? Yeah, I can't think of it. Neo's Neo I have, yes. I'd like to I'd like to play that at some point. Um
1: I feel like there was another just a lot of stuff that just came out.
0: I really want to get into the Souls games more. I mean I've played Bloodborne obviously and that's like one of my favorite games ever. So I really feel like I need I owe it to myself to go back and play Dark Souls. I own all of them and then I own Neo as well. So I own most of the Soulsborne genre games, I guess. I mean, I own Demon Souls too on my PS3. Like I own all of them. I've just never played them and I'd really like to. Um so will I do that? I don't know. Maybe we'll see. And but in addition to that, so um, I can't talk about this, but I'm reviewing something right now. I actually haven't started at all, so I couldn't give any thoughts. As soon as we finish this podcast, though, I will probably be spending the remainder of the afternoon and evening uh, diving into that, though. And my review will be up for it later in the week on Dual Shocker, so you can check
1: that out. Um, Keep your eyes peeled on that Logan's Twitter feed, at MoreMan12, for a spicy review. Thank you.
0: Um, as far as Prey goes, so I finished Prey today. I actually moments before the podcast I have not played games much the past two or three weeks like i I dove in and did that Kingdom Hearts run through, and that was fun, and that was an enjoyment to go back to. have not really played anything since then, and um so I had gotten prey on launch day or around there i i something like that and I put a couple hours into it that weekend, but then really just, I, I, I don't know. I've been like super busy lately, either with stuff we do for Model Citizens, recording those every night, or I don't know. I've been hanging out with friends a little bit more. I, I don't know. I've just been a little bit more busy, so friends. I haven't had
1: time. Social?
0: Ugh. Yeah. I didn't get any time last week to play games, really. Or if I did, I was just tired and I didn't feel like it. Um, so I think I played Prey for probably like 10 hours yesterday. <laughs> and um, maybe another five or six the night before. I I played that game. I've probably played between Friday and Saturday like 15 plus hours of prey. Um, I just wanted to get through it. It is way longer than I thought it would be. I Like, okay, what did you think that game would be about lengthwise? 10 hours? 8 to 10? I put about 25 into it. Oh,
1: jeez. There is way more to that game than I expected. Is that, um, is that good or bad? Because one of the negatives for Uncharted 4 in reviews was it was a little longer than people wanted it to be. So did well, that hamper your experience with I mean, you could Pre? beat it in 10 to 12 if
0: you beeline the story. I was doing as many side missions as I could. I was exploring every nook and cranny of that ship. Okay. Um, so I was playing it at a slow pace. And that yeah. obviously dragged the game out for me. Methodical. Um, it, I didn't play it so much so that it was like I added an extra twelve or thirteen hours on. Um, I mean, obviously, doing the side if you did if you just did the story, you could beat it very quickly, or not okay. very quickly, but like probably ten hours, like you said. Okay. Um, but I don't feel like that's the way you want to experience that game. I really feel like it is a slow and plotting game. Um, the last, as far as the length goes, I didn't feel like it started to drag until the last. 2 or 3 hours um you get to this point and i actually might like i've got an editorial or a feature in my head stewing about this where this is a problem i see with a lot of games where you get to this point which is the climax and you feel like you've reached it and obviously as we learn in school and stuff like how do you build a good story? You lay the groundwork, then the rising action, you get to the climax, falling action, conclusion. Like that is how yep. a story should operate. There's it? there are is these games that it's not no it's not called that I don't think I think it is. um Maybe. I've never heard that term used before at least um you don't need to research and clarify I'm gonna find it out um but so that's how a good story should should operate. And a problem I see with a lot of games is that you get to this climax and or what feels like the climax, at least. And then internally, like I'm expecting like, okay, here goes the big moment. And I'm like almost preparing for it to kind of start to ramp down from that and then get to the actually what is the end of the game. And instead, it kind of turns itself on its head. It's like, ha, this isn't the climax. Just kidding. Raise the stakes even more. And it's like, that's not a bad thing, I guess, but it was something I was not prepared for like So within the last three hours, this new character out of nowhere gets inserted into the game's plot, Mm. and this whole third party is now in the midst of this scenario that you have been... And it's not, like, awful, but it was like, this is weird. (sighs) So, I mean, and it's the same thing I'll say about Bioshock, too. Like, I love Bioshock. Probably one of my favorite top two favorite games ever. But it's the same thing where the climax of that game is going to Andrew Ryan's office, and figuring out everything that happens there. And then there's like four hours of gameplay after that. And it's like, they should have ramped this down way quicker. It should not have dragged like this because it ruins the pacing of games. And to get to this point where you feel like you're almost done and there's been this tight, focused narrative, and then you bring somebody else and throw them into the middle of that mix, it just like doesn't gel. And I don't don't think it was a bad thing. It didn't ruin the game by any means for me. It wasn't even... It wasn't straight up bad, but it was just like, this is... Like this is like you should have just wrapped this up because it, it is not doing you're not doing yourself any favor to just drag it out and insert a new character and just, just try to have this guy screwing with everything that's been happening, screwing with the dynamic of what's been happening in this game. Um, so that was not a bad thing, but I was like, this should have this could have ended so much tighter if they had just cut about two hours off at the end of this game. Um, that said, there are and I talked about this last week. There are so many. Systems in that game. There are so many gameplay systems in that game that they just stack right on top of each other. And I don't know how they all work together, but they do. And it is so cohesive. You get like halfway into the game, they throw in a Resident Evil 3 Nemesis type thing where you'll just be walking around, and all of a sudden a giant monster comes up out of nowhere. And you either have to fight it or hide. Like, there are so many things going on in that game, and I, it's, somehow they all work together. And Arcane. They really what this game really showed me was that it's built out of the same groundwork of Dishonored, and where I, where I didn't like Dishonored, this clicked so much more with me. Like, Prey is such a well-designed game, and I, I think Arcane is like one of the best right now, with just game building levels, the pure game design, laying out the, these levels, um, and then building the systems that go along with these levels, and really just giving you the freedom to tackle these situations in the way that you see fit. And also what I love about these games, even with Dishonored, like I appreciated this because you can do this at least to an extent in Dishonored, you can totally screw things up. Like you can kill anyone you can do. You can finish the story like way before you're supposed to finish the story. Like I got about halfway into the game and I found a key for an escape pod. And they're like, I was like, I can technically escape now. And there was still, like, all these things I, was, I needed to do to, like, help other people. But instead, just for the heck of it, like, I saved my game and went to the escape pod and escaped and game over. <laughs> so there are, like, multiple endings in these games. And, and we're going to talk about that aspect of Prey later. Um, but also, like, so many things that you think are small end up being big. And, you like like, for instance, I killed a side character in this game that I did not know was, like, an integral side character. And it was an accident, and when he died, I was like, eh, like, I'm sure he was a nobody. Come to find later, that guy was very important, (laughs) and I killed him. And it didn't screw up the the game's narrative or anything like that, but there's this entire side mission centered around this guy. And I just, I accidentally killed him. I was like, I'm sure it's not that important whatever, and I just kind of went along. And turns out it was very important. So I'm like missed out on that element of the game, but I didn't feel like gypped or anything about that because of that, because like I'm playing and making these decisions as I go. And some of them have an effect on the story and some of them don't like arcane's just, they're very good. They're a very, very sound developer. And I'm glad that they have this prey license now, even though it's not related to the other ones in any way. Um, They just in terms of gameplay systems and having everything work together, it's really staggering and it's just really cool too. like, okay, so like one thing I'll get into a little bit more too, um, before I wrap this up, because I know it's turning into a rant. Early on in the game, there are turrets throughout the station and you're not very powerful and these turrets are meant to like spot the aliens and kill them. So you can carry the turrets around with you and deploy them and help them clear out areas for you. As you get further into the game, you start getting upgrades and you start being able to use the alien powers yourself. The more of these things you add to yourself, the turrets then see you as an enemy as well. And so the turrets that you have utilized up until that point then start turning on you. So you have to worry about not only the other alien species that you're trying to fight, but then the the defenses within the station itself are starting to turn on you as well because you've upgraded yourself to get, have the powers of these things that you're trying to fight. There's just a lot of really cool things like that that I totally dug with this game. Um, the story itself is like also really cool. Um, I'm still kind of trying to put the pieces together with how it ended in my head and figure out exactly what happened. I'll have to probably do some Googling after the show and figure out if I understood things properly. Um, and we're going to come back in later in topics and talk about something dealing with this that i really want to touch on um but it's just like it's a very well-developed game from arcane and bethesda and they should both be proud of what they did with this game um totally suggest it to anybody who's a fan of bioshock or system shock or anything like that or if you're like dishonored like if you if you really like dishonored then i really think you will like this game as well
1: it's got the logan more seal of approval (laughs)
0: I mean, it's just a sound quality video game in a year of sound quality video games. So, game of the year it, this year is
1: going to be tough.
0: It's going to be very tough. Um, but this one stands out to me. I don't think. Um, I mean, it doesn't feel like it is breaking new ground necessarily like i don't know if like five years from now we'll be like wow remember what prey did but it's more just like this is what they've learned from dishonored and it is a different studio like it's not like it's there are two arcane studios and one was doing dishonored obviously i mean the, the same studio wasn't able to put out both um dishonored two and this within six months of one another or whatever it was um but it's just you can tell they have learned so much as a studio about what works and how things work together and just giving that player giving you the player freedom, but not to like the extent of an open world game where it's kinda of like Zelda, where like they give you that freedom and then they give you these gameplay mechanics and they're like here's the things you can do, here are the rules, go. And you can really try to start figuring things out for yourself. That's kind of how it is with Prey. So
1: it's a good game. I liked it.
0: What Glad I played
1: it. Logan Moore Seal of Approval. He should play Persona next. But we'll see if he does,
0: I kind of want to go back to Mass Effect. I don't want to start Persona. E 3s coming up. I'll be out, and then I don't know. I've got things to review coming up. I've got a couple games I'm slated to review, so we'll see what happens there.
1: Bah, 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 bah.
0: But yeah, if you're t- if you're interested in Prey, um, give it a shot. I also know it's like already going on sale because it didn't sell that well, uh, which I don't think is a huge shock. A lot of people are pointing to Bethesda's review policy. I just don't think the game had much
1: advertising like
0: yeah well advertising for one yes but two like I don't feel like there was like a fervent
1: group of people
0: who were waiting for this game like it kind of just came out and I don't think anybody was ready for it
1: they announced it last year and now it's here
0: yeah so I mean but if you if you're interested at all I, I, I think you should check it out I'm pretty sure it's even going on sale like 40 bucks at Target this week so play it. That's a I know there's a thousand other things out, but play it if you get the chance.
1: We'll see. Ready um, ready for
0: that news? I am ready for said news. So news this week, a whole bunch of stuff to go over. More E3 land to groundwork type scenarios with a bunch of things that we will get into. Uh, let's start off with some more basic stuff, though. And let's start off with something I've been sitting on for a couple weeks. Logan, um, Logan with the,
1: the chest of industry secrets and insider scoops
0: a very small insider scoop i guess uh next machina the next housemark twin stick shooter is coming out on june 20th i have been talking about this game for months i played it at psx it was my psx game of the show it is one of my most anticipated games of the year it is coming out on june 20th uh housemark announced this on friday Um,
1: how did you know this
0: so I interviewed them a couple of weeks ago. You can go check out the interview on DualShockers.com. It, is, uh, it gives you an insight into the development, how they worked alongside Eugene Jarvis, creator of Defender, RoboTron 2084, Smash TV, and USA, a bunch of old school games like that. Um, talks about his him working with Housemarque to create this game, what his role was within the team, and then what they're trying to accomplish with it. Because it is very much... Most of High House Mark's games are like this, but they are very rooted in old school game design, especially with the twin stick thing. Like that was something that used to be prevalent in arcades a lot back in the eighties and nineties. So they go into try. They they talk to me about just what they're trying to find at the root of those games, and then bring that into the present. I think I titled the article something like "Finding What Lies at the Heart of Old School Arcade Shooters." So it's um. I enjoyed the interview. If you're interested in the game, I think you'll enjoy it. They give us some good information from just about the game's development, even like PS4 and Scorpio and Switch and stuff like that. So um, it's good. But yeah, the game looks awesome. I cannot wait to play it. 20th. Check it out. It's looking, shaping up to be mighty fine. So that game is like, I mean, so we've known this for a while with their games, and I touch on this in the interview as well with them. But there is so much going on in the back end of their games that is just really heavy duty on the consoles. So, like, I asked the guy. I asked his name's Michael or Michael, Michael or Michael. Um, essentially, like, if they were thinking of bringing the game to Switch, and he's like, and he said, no, it's console exclusive and stuff like that. He's like, however. I don't even know if it could run on a Switch if we tried to bring it over, and it's the same thing with Rezogun when they tried to. Everybody was saying like, bring it on Vita, Vita. bring it on. No, it it did go to Vita, but that it was not the same. It was was at thirty frames per second. There was like not as many voxels at all. It was like a totally different game. Like I did not like it on Vita at all. It feels very different. I mean, it's there.
1: They did it. Because those
0: games have to operate at 60. And that's the thing is he said, I asked him about PS4 Pro too and what they're doing with 4K. And he's like, that's hard. He said, because we have to make sure this game is locked at 60 at all times. Because if it's not, then you can't play it. Like you can't play it properly, at least. Like if there's any dips in the frame rate with that game, then it is like, you're gonna screw up because it is so dependent on that frame rate running that way. And because of that, he said that it's been hard for them to then find a comparable resolution because of that so it's it's a complicated i don't want to say mess but there there's so much more going on within the back end of those games and the engine that they use and it is more taxing on a console or a pc than i think people would think because it it, at a bare bones level it's just like it's a twin stick shooter so why why can't this run on anything but and it could but the engine they're using and the graphics they're putting out and the amount of particles in those games, like, it is... every individual voxel. It's a lot more... intense. There's a lot more going
1: on than you expect. Yep. So, but yeah. I'm excited for that game, though. It's going to be it's mighty be fine. It's like Resogun. It is going
0: to be very good. I, I think it's going to be better than gun, honestly.
1: Gameplay-wise, it looks a lot like it, with the same kind of idea, just it's top-down, it's top down. Um, which is like detonation. Which is, I mean, yeah. It's, it's very, oh, it's it's very different, be, though. It's I, so I fast, think it's. You're jumping around. There's power ups. It's
0: There's almost like a platforming element to it at, at times, and there's like a dash mm-hmm. um, ability and things like that. So you get past lasers, and then obviously saving the humans and things like that. Save is, the eh, humans. Reso gun. Um There's. I'm very that excited. Game's going to be very very good so you should keep an eye on that one if you have not done so so far um but yeah it was really cool for me to talk to those guys because i appreciate their work so much and I, i met them at psx and they were they were cool i enjoyed talking to them there um but it was good to hit them up again closer to launch and see what's up with what's been up with that and hear about how the development's been on that game so
1: again if you want to read that interview it's over at dual shockers i'm gonna throw a link to that interview at the bottom of the show notes
0: yeah cool there it is just Click it, scroll down, you should be able to tap it.
1: There you go. Now you're
0: reading my interview. Um, more small tidbits of news this week. Um, Witcher is getting a Netflix series, which has been a trend sort of. I don't know. We've got the mm-hmm. Castlevania Netflix series that's coming uh sometime, and then now we've got this Witcher one. Was there another one as well? There were there rumors.
1: Th- there were rumors a long time ago of a Zelda one, but that I don't think that was
0: ever (laughs) real no there were talks like
1: netflix people talked about it but nothing nothing concrete um it's cool the witcher totally would be a netflix series as far as the content um it could be their game of thrones um you know it's that fantasy uh, type setting it'll be cool it's not associated with cd project red in any way um, nope. so maybe the author Well, again, here, well, yeah that's the thing so
0: for those who don't know like the witcher is a I mean the game is based off of a
1: series of novels if I'm correct right yes uh, written by a Polish author and he is actually not very involved with the games they just bought like the licensing rights to use this character mm-hmm. in this world and they make up their own stories and stuff um, so I'm curious if the Netflix show will have the author's involvement a little more heavily into it um It'll probably come out within the next year or two. They're really pushing a lot of their original content. We'll see what they do.
0: Yeah, so that's the thing is um, we don't know right now if it's live action or animated or going to be some sort of combination of the two. And by animated, I don't mean cartoon necessarily, but it could be something along the lines of Clone Wars or something like that. Yeah, CG. Um, So we don't know yet what it's going to entail. You would imagine if they did live action, the production cost on that would be insane. I mean Netflix has the money. They can shell out. Um but isn't Castlevania animated as well. Is that Castlevania correct? was animated. is supposed to be animated, yes. That's what I thought. So I, I think live action would be cool with this. I think that's what people want to see. Um but it's early and we don't really know what's up with it yet. But still, Witcher coming to Netflix, that's cool. Um not like total I mean it's cool anytime these things happen with video games, I guess, but just the fact that there's never been a good video game movie. There's never really been a good video game. Hey. Series. Adam Sandler's
1: Pixels was a masterpiece of flawlessness.
0: I yeah, you wish. Um I don't know. So just hesitancy about that. Like we haven't seen that this can be good yet, so we really just it's hard it's hard to say one way or the other netflix obviously has a solid track record right now
1: um they're knocking most of their work out of their park they can go either way i think some of their stuff is okay what's been bad they have just a lot of stuff i didn't yeah they have a lot at this point i feel like
0: even the stuff that like you expect to be like very bad is then like oh i heard very good critical things about that like Um, The stupid Ashton Kutcher sitcom that came out on that. Do you remember that? No, I think it's even still going. There's like a sitcom that he did with Netflix. I was like, this is going to be awful. And then I saw like reviews for it. I'm pretty
1: sure they were like overly positive. I'm like, what the heck? What? What? (laughs) It's it's, their content for me is hit or miss. Obviously things like the Adam Sandler movies can go away. Even though you've,
0: you've probably never watched any of them. Have you not saying you should, but I'm just
1: I did try to out the first fifteen minutes of Sandy Wexler. Uh I did not watch that second one. Um I watched a trailer for the ridiculous. I'm just six. gonna
0: say that's fifteen minutes you could have played Resident Evil Seven,
1: but sure. There's a lot of things. I this podcast we're thirty six minutes in. This is thirty six minutes I could have played Resident Evil Seven.
0: It's true. So maybe we should just end it early. Oh um, my god. Now, I mean, I feel like their series, though, are more often than not of a high
1: high quality. Between Marvel, House of Cards, um, Mar- uh, I haven't Knuth. I haven't enjoyed the Marvel stuff, but I am definitely an outlier in that. Except with what Iron have you watched with, of it? Uh, Daredevil seasons one and two. I tried Jessica Jones, like maybe four episodes. Couldn't get into it. Wasn't interest- The villain didn't strike my fancy. The villain's the best part of that. The Luke Cage. Um I watched an episode. I don't know why I didn't go back, but I didn't uh I didn't touch Iron Fist because I heard very bad things critically about Iron it. Iron Fist's
0: tone is weird. I haven't watched all of them myself. I I mean, I've my, long friend, said
1: it. I my friend My friend Kevin enjoyed like he had fun with Iron Fist. Uh he, it had its issues, but he had fun with it. But um so I'm curious about Defenders how that's going to pan out. I'm also very worried about Daredevil season three, but I am looking forward to Punisher.
0: I don't know. Have they even talked about Daredevil season three much yet? Because Defenders is centering around the hand in Electra, once again. The Punisher's got his own spinoff now. I don't really know if they've
1: It's gotta happen. Wilson Fisk man
0: is making his moves. I mean it'll be it'll happen, but I, I bet it comes I bet the plot for season three is somehow tied into the fallout of what happens in Defenders.
1: So the Defenders
0: is going to be season three of Daredevil, probably. For all intents and purposes,
1: probably. I don't know. We'll see how it all shakes out. But like, so the Marvel stuff hit or miss for me. But I'm definitely an outlier in that. Um, really, I watch Chef's Table, House of Cards, and um, Stranger Things. Kind of my Stranger Netflix. Things, yes. How's
0: yeah, it, I how... feel like I feel like they're. They do well for the most part. So Netflix oh, is probably a good well. place. They for, make a lot of money. Netflix is a good place for. They spend a lot. The too. Witcher to go with this. Um, I see. It's it. Just will it turn out? Uh, okay. Quick questions. Who do you want to play, Geralt?
1: I'm not if, if I'm it is live action.
0: A lot of people want Mads Mikkelsen, which I think would be awesome. <laughs> that would be.
1: He's not, ripped, good. he's not ripped
0: enough but you're gonna have to cut some things here and there you can't you he can't would, create would. a perfect Geralt. Geralt, like he's a weird looking character like he's as ripped as like a mid guy in his mid-20s but he's also like got this freaking 50 year 50 60 year old man look to
1: i'd him. have to i really would have to think about that one because i maz is a good idea I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, there's just head. been a lot of hot. There's just been a lot of hot take
0: articles out recently. Like, here's who, who should play. Who should play Geralt? Who should play? Who should play all the characters? Who I should think play uh, Who should play one of uh, one of our guys at Dual Shockers? His name's Tyler. He did an entire breakdown, and he listed like ten or twelve actors that he'd like to see play specific roles. He did pretty good with it too. I give him a lot of credit. So you can find that on the site somewhere too. Um,
1: there will not be a link to that show notes there might be why um, not i'm not no i'm not digging on dual shockers to find an actor list for the witcher show it's it's you don't
0: even have to it's like i think it's like one of our hottest articles for the past week i'm sure it's hot click you know um it's soe but soe soe i don't, uh, don't even think it's seo i think it's just
1: dyslexia so
0: anyway uh next piece of news Devolver Digital is having an E3 press conference this year. What does that mean? Who the heck knows? Honestly, I think it's gonna be kind of a joke. Like not like their showing is going to be a joke, but I think this was almost said I think there's <laughs> there's like an underlying comedy element to everything they do. If you follow them on Twitter and their games are kind of not all of them, but there's like an inherently funny vibe around them as a as a company. And if you follow them, like I said, follow them on Twitter. A lot of the stuff they tweet out is really lighthearted. And even the tweet where they said this was pretty, like they included a gif that was kind of almost like poking fun at themselves. Um, I, I also know what their situation is like at E3. I, I think they're set up in a, par- in a parking lot outside of the studio no, or outside they, of
1: E3. No, they it answered a question on Twitter. It's going to be there on the show floor.
0: Um, okay. So they did do the parking lot
1: thing last year.
0: Yeah. So they're doing that again this year, showing off their games outside of the convention center. I don't know if it's in a parking lot, but it's outside the convention center somewhere. I know they have a, a booth or something set up. Um, so, okay. Then they are doing it on the show floor. what will this be? I don't know. They have it. I mean, they publish a million games, so they're like one of the top indie publishers right now.
1: Um, they make, some They put out some magical games like Hotline Miami and Downwell. And that's all I've played from them. And that's all you
0: can think of, yeah. Uh, it um, looks
1: really cool.
0: SteamWorld Dig, General Jousters, um, Enter the Gungeon. That's all um, them, too? I guarantee you, if I let, read off a list of what they have published, your mind would be blown and you'd be like, oh, I know, like, ten of those games. Probably. Um, Drowsers um. Hold on, I'm going to their website right now. I'm pulling a max, Dude, and I have he's to
1: digging it up that research. I have to pick up something. Right I did now because, I did look it up earlier. It is called Freytag's Pyramid. Um, the narrative structure. Established. Okay, Freytag's Pyramid. I've never climax. heard of that in my life, but falling conclusion. Um. Sorry, he was still looking for it, but force.
0: Um. Like I said, general Jousting, foul play, um, Mother Russia Bleeds, Titan Souls, uh, um I own Titan Souls. Ha- had a full boyfriend one and two. They put out I'm the sure.
1: Pigeon Dating Sim.
0: Uh-huh. That's awesome. Uh the serious Sam, H D packs, Shadow Warrior one and two, um, Strafe, the Talos principle. Um Lots of stuff. All right. Yeah, they put out a lot, um, yeah. so yeah. Ali Ali one and two.
1: Ali Ali was them. Yeah. Oh my gosh!
0: I told you a lot of stuff besides just Hotline. So they're they're putting out games left and right. So what will we see at this show? I don't know. Everything. I'm not even gonna bother to predict because I guarantee you it'll be new games that we cannot predict. Yeah. Um, but it's still cool to see an indie developer, kind of having a larger presence at the show. I mean, I think they're the largest presence at at this show for sure as far as indie devs or indie publishers go. Um, but it'll be cool. We'll have to wait and see what that conference is like. I don't know. Like I said, I still feel like there's going to be like a lighthearted joking element to this whole thing when they do have it. Like, here we are having an E3 press conference. Like, it's going to be very less it's it's going to be really informal compared to the other what five or six conferences I guess that we'll see throughout that week um, but it's cool
1: it's good for fun. them
0: uh let's get into what are the bigger stories of the week. actually, let's get into this just because I have nothing to say, and I don't care. There was an arms direct on Wednesday. Woo! they showed off a splatoon trailer at the end of it too. I didn't watch any of it because I don't care. all I know is that there's a big booty fighter coming to arms um that's so, that was true that was so get I did, ready to fight with her
1: oh, oh my gosh there was this tweet man it i've already like, seen it where it's on,
0: kimishima with the how yeah. will
1: you save the company it's just a picture of zelda's butt and then this new Arm fighter
0: yeah
1: oh it's too
0: good so arms direct arms
1: pretty direct. much they, they showed off a couple new characters and then new characters new modes um it has more characters than i thought the game was going to have at launch which was good cuz they seemed pretty quiet about it i like how they're focusing on the personalities of these characters it's something um hero games do a lot of and i think it's a very good strategy for nintendo introducing well, it's inherently
0: that's inherently nintendo though as well yeah. like like mario kart or something
1: like that like every one of those characters has a distinct personality just them. wait till you get the arms characters in mario kart i don't know if they're coming Hey, the Splatoon characters are in there. Yeah, but that was that. This has been discussed for a while, but like
0: adding DLC to what is the deluxe full oh, complete edition sorry, of I'm Mario sorry. Kart.
1: No, I wasn't talking about two I Mario, was Kart, Mario, Mario, Mario Kart. Just Mario Kart in general as a franchise. Gotcha. Um, yeah, like like eventually it's just gonna be Nintendo Kart. So the which it think, should be. It should be. They put new modes in there, which or not new modes. They revealed new modes. Which i added a bit more to this game than I thought. Sure, they're just smaller, fun games, uh, like the basketball one or the target-punching one, but it adds to the package, which makes me feel pretty good about it. And they also announced um, a global test punch, a.k.a. just an online beta for the game, which is going to be taking place on times to be announced, but on the weekend of May 26th through the 28th, and then June 2nd through June 4th.
0: Can we just, can I just take a moment to say that their betas suck? Like I've never had a problem completely with them. Suck. They're horrible. Why would you limit 1 hour time slots to play a oh, game? Oh, that that's part. the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. You have to sign up for a specific time to play the game. Like that's that is so strange. Like look at all of the other successful betas throughout the history of games. Like overwatches no, like, went for months the destiny beta which i know alpha and beta which i know you were huge into like those like extended play times like yeah. an hour of the game while I, the game's out in a month so the game's out in like four weeks
1: actually three or four weeks like it's so the week it's that friday of e3 um you're right that part's always struck me weird it on one part which is really the only part i can see why they would do it is It lets them stress test their servers because they know everyone would theoretically hop on it at that time. But that is such a small, limited example. I don't. Yeah. I I really don't know why it's not. I think it's more of just a demo. With this, it seems like more of a demo than anything. Um, Which
0: is a lot of a lot of developers, I think, know that the best way to sell you on their game is to just get it in your hands. Mm. And I mean, even going back to next Mac and a. when i talked to Michael or michael i can't remember how do you say his name um when i talked to him he's i asked him about like what he wants to stress with next Mackin. and he's like well it's the same thing i said with Resogun. if you can just get your hands on the game i don't need to tell you a single thing about it and then you can understand for yourself yeah. so i think with a lot of devs and what's i think it's less of a stress test with here and more of just a People get, are uneven about this. Let's get it in their hands people, and see what their get response is. Get people's arms
1: in arm the arms. That was awful. That was really yeah, bad. Yeah. Should, uh, think think it's, twice next time. It's interesting. <laughs> uh, the The motion controls in this game, I was reading about. There really aren't like in my head. I pictured we boxing where I'm like full on pushing my arms out, punching the air. This is more like dual joysticks, twin stick, uh, where you're just kind of tilting and moving that way, which I think is subtle motion controls. You can play it all without motion controls. You can. It has traditional controls as well, but I think opting for the subtle over dramatic, much better option to kind of distinct it from the Wii, I guess, because motion controls are so odd. The game's music sounds pretty good uh i walked away being way more interested in this game than i thought after that direct and i'm excited to try it out in this beta and then my roommate is getting the game so i'll be able to have more hands on with it before paying for it if that's something i want to do my thing is i usually don't stick around for competitive fighting games
0: well it's very much competitive games in general it's it's in the same wheelhouse as Splatoon for me where it's like I can respect Nintendo for creating a new game like this. I can respect Nintendo for putting a game like this together and like really getting behind it because they really have like pushed this game hard the past couple months ever since it was revealed. Hey. Um, and I, I, I think there will be an audience for it, mm-hmm. but it's just not me for you and that's fine yeah that's perfect <laughs> and, and i and i can and i and i enjoy the memes and all that crap with it like it's very much i understand what the game is and stuff like that but i'm not going to sit down on a saturday afternoon and be like i want to play arms and because of the and because i know that it's like eh, okay like i'm out and and i if one of my friends gets it or something like that and we play it together like i'm sure i'll have fun with it but it's just not anything that I need and you that's should. how I, that's should how I always felt with
1: me because that's what I'm interested in the most is well, to get it my hands on
0: if it. I can sign up for the
1: specific time
0: slots, you don't sign up garbage
1: don't you have to do something isn't it regional or, or something no, like that there's they haven't announced the times yet for this one but it's that weekend and then whatever time it is but you just download the demo on your switch and then at that time you boot it up and play you don't sign up
0: Okay, well, whatever. I thought it was regional or something like that, where it's like, there West is... Coast
1: is live now, or East no, Coast, you It's not now. by coast, it's by country, and then Europe has their own weekend, but Europe is a different weekend entirely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, I'm interested in it. it. Also, they ended the Direct with a Splatoon 2 single-player trailer, which looked really cool. Um, so curious to see that. They had some really new, cool-looking weapons and ideas in there. I feel like they get to just experiment and do what they want in that mode, so that game's shaping up. They also revealed Splatoon-colored Joy-Cons and a Pro Controller, and God help my wallet, I want those pink Joy-Cons. They look so good.
0: Don't don't buy more Joy-Cons. There's like Mm. a thousand games out you haven't played. But those
1: Joy-Cons...
0: They'll be there forever. They look so wait good. Till you, wait till you have a steady income before you buy more Joy-Con. You'll have more, Joy, you'll have more Joy-Con before uh, than you do
1: games. I'm not... I didn't say I was going to buy it right off the bat, but it looks so good, man. They are you nice said, looking. Said God help my wallet. So yeah. I, I always good. say that when something cool. God help my wallet for that Persona 5 vinyl, but that's not happening. No. Man, that vinyl is nice. It's a good thing, too. That soundtrack is
0: so good. And listen to it on the internet interwebs. It's so good. They have it for free there. You don't need your hipster vinyl.
1: I love I love video game vinyls right there.
0: Um, oh, wow. To me, Splatoon Two looks very much like another two that we might talk about later on, which instead looks more like a one point five to what? me. No, and uh, we'll touch on that in a second because I know that'll be our most heated back and forth. Heated? Um, I think we're pretty. Maybe much not. All- maybe not. Heated, we're on the same but, page. I think um let's jump to ubisoft though so this is why i wanted to wait into e3 predictions because holy crap there's like a ton of news with ubisoft and this is also why we're it's, probably not going to be predicting a lot of
1: things for them it's not um, really even news it's just like they did a report and the all one, the stuff was announced there's two big
0: elements of news so the first big element of news is that far cry 5 is a thing um, surprise! a lot of speculation over that the past few weeks i mean i think it is kind of a surprise i mean that Surpri- one re- okay that one report got out where it was like an unannounced video game is coming in september of this year blah. blah we blah, don't blah, know blah. if that's had that, that thought, game had you thought i mean it's got to be that game had you thought for a moment about far cry 5 at all coming soon so, yeah
1: because primals out was out last year they it's a franchise i haven't thought of that franchise in a while I mean, like, I haven't played it since three.
0: I, I didn't think it would be coming out, or I didn't think it would be announced and coming out this year. I thought it'd maybe make more no, sense for next year or the year I after. Think, no,
1: I think that makes sense because Primal was a different team, so people who were working on four went and made five. It's. it's I mean,
0: I guess I, I. I mean, in my in my mind, like there was so many other things this year that I did not think we would get a Far Cry game as well. It was totally not on my radar. So the past few weeks when we started talking about that I was like oh wow okay far cry is this year as well I guess like it just seemed seemed I mean I was surprised I was surprised when when that report came out and people started putting the pieces together and the rumors started flying about that it was going to be far cry um so now we've got this confirmation that far cry 5 is a thing it is far cry 5 too because we had that discussion a few weeks ago on whether or not it would be a number five or, number. or well here's the thing i'll say about the number two so everybody was locked into this it's an old west thing and now i think people realize that it's set in montana probably but it's also that's in what jason that's
1: what jason schreier was saying it's, it, it's it also
0: on modern day so this whole old west thing i don't know where that got started but i kind of bought into that <laughs> and i think because of that i was expecting it to be the whole far cry subtitle far cry gunslinger or something wow, like that wow. um far cry the good the bad and the ugly um
1: so yeah far cry 5 is coming we'll know more soon that's all like, we know is it exists and it's coming out this year it exists it's coming Same soon with we will see it at e3 all I the games probably, they talked about
0: i will probably play at e3 maybe we'll have to see what happens with that i'm not really sure we'll see i think we'll see I'm going to Ubisoft's show, though, so I'll see it there. Um, So that's announced. Assassin's Creed, they revealed. There's no formal title. They just said Assassin's Creed, learn more at E3. Okay, duh. I mean, we talked about Assassin's Creed last week. We've seen screenshots, and everybody knows that it's called Origins. So there's that. Uh, The Crew 2 was released, or announced, not released. Released! Released! the crew 2 was released in their earnings report it's out now uh the crew 2 was announced which surprised a lot of people surprised um, me
1: i didn't know i don't did think well. was a,
0: they had 12 million play, people play that game like that is a lot and i know that it, that constitutes if you put the game in your console and boot it up once you're one of those people but still 12 million people over a two-year lifespan that's a really really good number I mean, yeah that makes that, that, that makes money yeah so that that was profitable here's the thing um they've also talked about their game which of their uh franchises were profitable or which of their previous entries in the franchises were profitable the crew was profitable so was steep which was really interesting to me they made money off of that and i for honor for honor has been profitable as well which i for honor has a solid community community built around that game like that that's very much in the same wheelhouse as uh Rainbow Six Siege, where it's like you don't hear a lot about it, but there is like a very dedicated community surrounding mm-hmm. that game. Um, so uh, they've been doing really well as, in terms of like just making the money and being a company. And the other thing I'll give, give Ubisoft credit for is they don't have that stigma where everybody's like, Activision's evil, EA's evil. Like Ubisoft finds a way to make profits, but I think for the most part stays in the good graces of gamers. And I don't it's buy cause into they the have, It's because they have Aisha Tyler host their E3 show. No, I don't think that's... In fact, I would say that's a negative because it becomes really cringy sometimes. That's, um, that's writing. I think she's a good host. I think she's a good host too, but they've found a way to continue to be endearing to gamers. And, I, and I'm not one of those people who describes the whole EA, Activision's evil garbage. I think that's such a... That's Childish. so stupid, and that's just the internet being the internet... Um but if we are going to talk about the internet being the internet, like you really don't see a whole lot of hate or vitriol directed towards Ubisoft. If you do, it's more just like, oh, it's the same game, it's open world, and you got a checklist of things to do, and blah 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 blah. But like, that's what it is. I like that. Like, I'm totally fine with that more often than not. Like, so that can be daunting. So well, yes, yeah. so um, um, and then the about... last other thing. So a couple days, I think a day later. Nope, yeah, same, same day. No, it was a day later. Mm. I wrote the story for it, so I know it was a day later. No, um, the following day they revealed that the South Park fractured the fractured butthole, uh, and has a new release date of October seventeenth this year. So a ten month delay. Was oh, supposed to yeah. release in December sixth, and then it has been indefinitely delayed since then. Uh, but they released a new trailer for the game, showing off more of the story and some of the uh, new combat system. And they announced that it'll be coming on October 17th. So the crew, Assassin's Creed, Far Cry 5, and uh, South Park, they said all of those will be coming within their physical year, which means from now, between
1: now and March 31st of 2018. So that makes sense. South Park's been a wild ride, man. I remember when that game was revealed, and then they had a date, and then it got delayed, and then it was delayed again, and now it's like a whole two years after. Mm-hmm i'm fine with it though like it was oh, a game. It's fine it's just been a wild ride i hope it doesn't i don't know i hope it doesn't land
0: amongst a bunch of other stuff which it's going to and i i don't want to see it get buried i really don't and i think there is an audience around it who's excited to play that game but i thought they had such a good day and time carved out last year with december and obviously if it needed a 10 month delay there's a lot they needed to fix so i'm or fix our ad Good, on, good on them for fixing that or giving themselves more time. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, look at something like Mass Effect, where it's like this game very obviously shouldn't have come out. Why did you force it out before your physical year ended? Because
1: sales. Um,
0: yeah. So so I mean, it's 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 good to see that it has a new release date. Of course, everybody immediately. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's not the final release date. I don't think they give us one. They went quiet for i mean that delay was it happened in november so they went quiet for six or seven months before they gave us a new release date i'm sure they wouldn't have done that unless they know that this is the date they're gonna hit um but yeah
1: i'm totally excited to play that game the first one was a ton of fun did you play that i don't even remember nope i bought it on my ps3 when there was a price error I played a little bit. It's totally a game I would love because it's yeah, basically adult say, it's Paper really Mario. Your, it's really up your alley. Like I am surprised you never did get through it. Yeah, I, I think it was just a weird time. I think I bought it just because it was a price error. Um, I like the idea of having it on the new boxes though, because hooking up the PS3 would just be a pain. And you can get it if you pre-order the game, but yeah, like, it's a so. Whole, if you pre-order, whole, if
0: you pre-order right now on PSN or Xbox, you, you get, which you means you pay to, for it
1: in full. Yeah yeah you can
0: download the stick of truth right now to go with it. I mean, you pay for it in full right now, but
1: you get the game when it comes out on October seventeenth so I mean, still have seventeen dollars in my bank account, so
0: how do you have I don't understand that I would be like I wouldn't be able to sleep. <laughs> I would be become a woman or a man of the night looking to make some money
1: i <laughs> don't I don't have that kind of body to
0: sell. I mean, yeah, you do. You've been working out. You've been running and down the street or whatever, like you I said on, run the on the model the street. citizen show the other day. So you try, try to. I try to run.
1: Shape. Yep, in my peak form, I'm, I'm getting by. you. That's why I'm working so much this weekend. I got a very good opportunity. But so yeah, that's all things
0: Ubisoft, I guess. So Assassin's Creed at E3, Far Cry Five. We will know more l- soon. They said, which AKA I
1: guess, E3.
0: The way they talked about it, it made it seem like they're going to say more before E3, but we will see at E3 in addition. I could see uh, them throw up
1: like a trailer and then reveal gameplay at E3. Yeah,
0: that's that's basically what I'm thinking, is they'll probably have a little bit of coverage on that one out before E3. Um, Rabbids will probably be revealed at E3, if I had to guess, because that has been all but confirmed. The Crew 2, I'm sure we will see talked about at E3. And then South Park, I'm sure we'll probably see it. Another trailer. Matt and Trey will probably get up on stage. Uh, and I talk hope about not. It, I just make hope fun, they make fun of their delay. I, guess, um, I hope not. This is the problem internally. So I have that invite to Ubisoft's show, and in my head, I'm like, yes, another cool conference I can go to. And then I'm like thinking about their past years. And I'm like, ah, oh, I'd be trapped in there for like four hours as they have this really cringy showing. And like, it'd be cool to see the games and stuff like that, but. I don't know. <laughs> we'll don't have to know. see if I decide to go to that one. How many this E3 Press conferences
1: like, have you been to? None. Uh, I'd, I'd go.
0: I'd probably. I'd go. I'll think about going. There's, the good thing is that there's enough space between that and Sony, because we'll yep. have to jet over to Sony after that one ends, which I think there's like a two or three hour gap between those.
1: They used to. Um, back when Tuesday was crowded, it was like back to back to back. But yeah. Hey, oh, Microsoft, yeah. I got it. Ubi, Sony.
0: I didn't. I didn't mention that either. But invited to Sony's show.
1: I did. I so. you, you shared that with us.
0: <laughs> that one's gonna be fun. I'll Very look for you in the crowd when I'm in the crowd at the movie theater. I will be sitting next to you. Yeah. Or, um, Sid, or Adam Boyce. Even though he doesn't work. I was there gonna
1: say anymore. he doesn't, doesn't work there anymore. Maybe
0: you'll I'll sit next like, to I'll Neil. Like, hey, hey, hey maybe, what would you have? What would you have said in this position? And he'd be like, "Oh, I'll
1: tell you." Maybe um, maybe you'll sit next to Neil. No, he won't be there. I, <laughs> no, I, get, I guarantee you he talks at the E3 Coliseum thing. I, I Like, yeah. Neil Neil would be at the press conference. Will The Last of Us be there? No. Will Uncharted? Maybe? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll talk about it. The, yeah, they'll mention like, Naughty Dog's making yeah. two games for us. Cause I mean, they Dog's have to hype this. up what's coming out
0: later this year, which, it's as Naughty of right Dog. now, is nothing outside of The Lost Legacy. And Spider-Man, because, duh no that's not out for Spider-Man. that's not out God till God. next year i don't think uh, i was gonna ask you about that but that's more of a prediction thing
1: nope save for simple the yes or
0: simple yes or no you think sucker
1: punch shows their game i say no yes simple we can talk about it on prediction show be like psx would work better for that nope but we'll get into it um
0: so yeah that's ubisoft Final news story of the week: um, The Destiny Two live stream happened on Thursday. A bunch of stuff was shown. Was any of it that impressive? Not really, at least from my opinion. Um, I want to say this before we get into this. Um, so I am not a Destiny guy. I've tried the series. I, I like a lot of things about Destiny, to be to be completely honest. Like I think the gunplay is fantastic. I think the game. When it is at its best, like works really well with working with others and playing with others and stuff like that. I think there are a lot of core elements of Destiny that work well at times. It was just not, didn't feel fleshed fleshed out enough to me when I played it back in the day. Um, That said, I went into this Destiny 2 stream and was like giving it an honest look. Like I was like, okay. Let's put myself in the shoes of I will be purchasing destiny on day one. I'm totally in on this how am i how am I, how let's see how I feel watching this stream and everything I saw to me didn't look like a huge upgrade from the first game and i I, I want to I preface this too as well before we get into the whole it doesn't look like a huge upgrade. Destiny's obviously a living game. it has been being <laughs> upgrade and expansions have come out like that game is changing constantly, so it would make sense that a sequel wouldn't have the same quantum leap as a normal game would that just came out in 2013. And then the sequel comes out in 2017 or 2014. I mean with destiny. Um, so that makes sense because they've been upgrading the game on the fly for the last two and a half years. That said, just still underwhelmed, I guess, by what I saw. Um, we can go with what you saw. Obviously they showed off a bunch of story stuff. They showed off the first level of the game. Um, New worlds descend new... descend from your destiny mountain and, and my mountain I don't know what mountain your thoughts.
1: um to summarize how I felt about it, it uh, Destiny Two is Destiny One refined um, which is good it's a gu- it's a good thing to refine the gameplay and the game mechanics and stuff they look like they're streamlining a lot of it. Um, What I got the vibe from this press uh, reveal conference, whatever you want to call it, was Bungie going, look, we made this game and it was cool, but we had a pretty dedicated fan base and it was hard for newcomers to come into this game and play, play all our cool content, like our raids or Trials uh, of Osiris for PvP. That's why I haven't jumped in. Like, you guys it's are difficult. like, jump in with the Taken King, jump in with
0: Rise of Iron. Taken, I'm like, I don't...
1: Taken King I would have been like... a fine jumping point. Rise of Iron, not so much. I
0: mean, I've mentioned this before with MMOs, but I hate the whole, like, they try to manufacture the jumping points. Like, hey, you can automatically level up to level 20 and go from there. I'm like, that's not fun. Like I like the process of starting at nothing and working my way up.
1: Yeah, but Destiny One was not really fun for it up. But that's besides the point. Um, this I didn't hear a word you said because it was it was very it wasn't it was a bad way to do Destiny it. Destiny Day One was like I traded it in within a week. I was like, this is not my game. That game, that gem. So Destiny Two, a lot of the stuff they revealed seemed to be be better at burning people in and having them experience the new content and stuff they've which i liked they did that was cool stuff really big things were like um clans are officially in the game now uh before you had to do clans. how is okay how is that a big thing like i don't because of the thing the guided games that they announced which is so clans or whatever they Is that what you're referring to? The Sherpa
0: mode or whatever? Yeah, Sherpa mode, yeah.
1: It's not really Sherpa would just guide you there. This is more finding an extra person. So Clans, officially in the game, just streamlines that process because before it was outside of the game on Bungie.net which was tedious. I can attest to that because you have to be in a clan for certain trophies and it's uh, it's a nightmare. Anyway, um, with that though, Clans now can do guided games which is Say you're getting ready to raid and one of your boys has to leave. Emergency or whatever, you can't play. So now you're down a man, you can open up your clan to be like, hey, we're looking for someone to play with. And you can bring in someone else on the outside who plays solo to join and play and do the raid with you, for example, is a big example they had. And this is essentially what the Destiny community does or um, on a daily basis through Reddit and other services. It's how we get randoms for our raids and stuff if we don't have our full fire team. It's now in the game. That streamlines it for the people that play together, like myself, or the people that play by themselves and didn't get to experience the raid, for example, which might be someone like you or Joe Schmo if you decided to play Destiny 2. I think that's really cool and smart, and it just brings it into the game and makes it more simple. Um, gonna be honest.
0: I have absolutely. I mean, I know a. I know more than I let on about destiny. Like I act like I'm a stupid. You, yeah. You're reading that. Grimoire? I, I, I act. No, I'm not. reading. It <laughs> um, I mean, I know how it, it functions as a game though. Um, that said, <laughs> I know nothing about the raids or how the raids work or anything They're like so that. And fun. I, and I, and I don't need you to like, give me a rundown not, for anything. No. Like I have a, I have a rough idea for how, how they function. Um, but that seemed to be a lot of the changes. I mean, like you just went on there, like talking about how, raid
1: structure and stuff like that, how that's different. Well, the raid structure, I, I don't know, we don't know I, if it's different, I, but the way to get I, people to play with is,
0: and I, and I, I don't know. Like, that's the one thing that everybody was cheering about. And I'm like, okay, raids, <laughs> like,
1: I, I really don't know about this. Raids are really good. in that. game. well, Cro-Zan, I've heard people Cro-Zan say Cro-Zan it's like not. vault of glass what, and wrath of the machine. And even, um, Cordivore.
0: no, People who have King. talked to me about, like, saying I should jump into Destiny, they're like, jump in, play a raid. You will have a ton of fun. Like, that is the best part of the game it by is. a mile. Like, I remember, you should just
1: do that. I remember doing every raid for the first time. They're so good. So,
0: so, I mean, I don't know. And maybe I'd need to get in and do something like that. As far as, like, the story stuff, which is what I did in Destiny 1 and was, like, I was like, "There's no, no structure story. to any of this. You're just sending me all around, all over the place. I don't feel like anything I'm doing matters. It's just yeah. like a, I'm running it's... around with a like a chicken with my head cut off." Story stuff looks way more structured this time. The, the story, trailers,
1: them baller. I love the premise. I was worried about this too, and I expressed this back when the reveal happened. I was like, "What's this cabal what guy going to do?" Understand why was there reveal? so off-putting compared
0: to everything else they showed in this stream so the story stuff they showed in the stream was like the tone was serious like it was dark Mm. everybody's Mm. dying stuff's blowing up like you're losing your home and then the the reveal teaser with the dude in the bar was like one big joke and then the other teaser after that was like and i get that the other teaser after that it kept like Alternating between the two, and it was like this is confusing. And then we get into this, and it's like a dead serious tone. I'm like, what are they going for with this game? Like, I can't figure it out here. um So that was confusing to me coming in and like watching those trailers recently. Like, I, I don't know what you're going for here. Is this like a fun game I'm supposed to just jump in and have fun with friends, or is this like, oh, let's be very serious about the story? And I didn't think the story looked bad either. Um, I'm
1: It looks like there's more semblance of structure to it. Yeah, I was worried about the premise of having a cabal guy just come in and blow up your home. But the idea of him thinking that the Traveler chose Ron and that he could be a better Guardian, I think, is interesting. It's not um, black and white, it sounds like, which is cool. The
0: CG uh, trailer, not trailer cinematic, the cutscenes, the the cinematics look really good and really polished on that stream. Like those stood out to me. Um they were actually and I don't remember anything like that in Destiny One, really, if I'm wrong. Um
1: I mean there are not, some from Rise of Iron think, and Taking Rise of Iron and taking King had way more of those, yes.
0: Um and I'm sure I don't know how many of those are going to be throughout the game, obviously, but I was say impressed like, with more cutscenes
1: than ever before, which isn't hard. Like to I was do. impressed with them.
0: Like I, I, I thought I thought they that it looked good. Um I don't know how to function within what is an MMO RPG. Um it's more shooting, looting... MMO FPS? Blah, 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 blah. MMO. Um, I don't know.
1: It's, I MMO mean, light? It, has MMO
0: ele- it has MMO elements, kind of like Overwatch has MOBA elements to it. Yeah, um, it's um, So that looked good to me. The other thing that I'll say I was impressed with and I was asking people about as I was watching it, um, the scale of the opening level and the battles that that was something that was never really in destiny one that sort of grand
1: Are you talking uh, about the what story is, mission or the like the patrol areas like the european the story, dead zone
0: the story mission stuff um what is it called set piece moments the big i i don't remember any set piece moments they're, like that in the first destiny um not at least with the story not at least when they're tied into the story in vanilla like, there was one
1: and it was bad um, tank again, taking and rise. But there was like a
0: thousand those. things going on in that opening and enemies are showing up left and right. There's ships flying past you blowing up. There's like, there was just a, I mean, characters are jumping on and destroying ships and th- uh, ships and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot going on that I didn't remember in destiny. It was like, okay, cool. It looks like they're going to have some like bigger, more explosive blown out scenes like this that you get to play through. That's cool. Um, it looked like an actual level from a campaign. Again, it is, the opening level you would have to assume i mean it is the opening level so that's the opening level so obviously they can probably get away with it a little bit easier in that part of the game i i don't know if they'll have huge moments like that throughout the story um again it's really not a story focused game though and i get that so but the, i like the added emphasis on it at least i did too um, that was
1: one of my big things was hope the
0: gunplay and stuff looks as good as ever the guns look cool and all that stuff um you can carry a new gun now correct it's, Or a third they, gun no you've
1: always correct. been able to carry three they've changed the way um that it works now it's like kinetic energy and heavy essentially um yeah. and that before it was primary special heavy and that would limit the types in this much so, book, now so you can- for example, kinetic and energy, you can alter, like, they could be the same can type of guy. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. could have a sniper kinetic and a sniper energy if you really wanted to rock two snipers, for example, yeah. um, which gives a little bit more player choice there, which is cool. They've one of the big things I really liked was uh, they've streamlined the exploring the world part, so no more do you have to go down to the planet run around and then I'm done patrolling. I want to do this mission. Now go back to orbit, pick the mission and then load back into the planet. You can now start missions directly from the planet or load into them. So like, if I wanted to travel from earth to Mars, for example, even though Mars isn't in this game, um, I could just go straight to Mars from earth. Um, So there's another thing that like all the destiny nerds were like Mm -hmm. flipping out about no more going to to orbit.
0: I'm like, Okay, <laughs> like that's sw- not a like I'm sure for the hardcore Destiny fans, and I, and I get this because I I see stuff like that with other franchises that I like where they're like, hey, remember that thing from our last game? Well, that's gone, and I, I I'm happy about that. So I get it, but to me it was like, all right, it's I, big okay, deal. we that's spent a lot of time in orbit, man. Me. That's not a selling point There's to me necessarily. Slap it but, on the
1: back of the box, you can you don't have to launch to orbit, and you sell billion copies. It's great. So I
0: think there is a good amount of positives here, but like I said at the start, none of them felt like to me, hey, if you missed out, this is why you need to jump in. And they they kept like trying to cater to people like me, I felt like where they're like bringing in new players and making them feel welcome with with the old ones and blah, 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 like stuff like that. So I felt like they kept talking to me, but the things they showed me, it was like, you haven't shown me a specific reason for why... I would jump in now if I didn't jump in with Destiny One, um, so I don't know. And I, I think I want the other thing I want to say too about Destiny is that I talked about Arms and Splatoon and how I don't think those games are for me necessarily. I don't know how much this game is for me. I've never been a big loot guy. Like
1: honestly, I mean, the, I only re- I,
0: I... the only the only loot based game I really really like is probably Borderlands Two. Like that mm-hmm. is about all I can think of. Destiny is um, really
1: the only loot game I've played.
0: So I mean, some people freak out about certain weapons and stuff like that, and that's just for, never for life. That's never been my thing. So and when you because pop that of that, exotic, I think it's it becomes hard, your it, thing. It's harder. It's harder for the game to click with me. I think because of that. Um,
1: again, like it, it did, just feel like a it half really, step up. It, it is. It is Destiny refined. Like I said at the beginning, it was a section. It. It's good positive changes. Um, PVP's getting all modes are 4v4, which is good because that means maps and modes are designed with that in mind, um, which could hopefully lead for a better PVP experience. The Really the only other big thing, which doesn't even pertain to me too much, is uh, Destiny's coming to PC now, and it seems like it's going to be a full-fledged PC port with all the bells and whistles. It's going to be played through Battle.net, which is Blizzard service, which is kind of cool. It's a smart place to put that. It's, you know, f- it can be in 4 <sighs> with To your- us, maybe, that really
0: pissed off. Uh, to PC gamers, that pissed a lot of them off. I understand the move on
1: uh, Activision very The community wouldn't be in Steam. I think Battle.net is a perfect place for this kind of game because the hardcore will flock to it. If you're playing Destiny on PC, you're probably hardcore. It's- I mean, I, well, I... Putting it on Steam would be nice for people. I get
0: that. It's the reason they're putting it on is for their own company interest. Like they're trying to improve that they network. Can, yeah, obviously. And they
1: can control it better.
0: Yeah. So I mean those that those are the reasons why they're doing it. Um it's not the best game launching client out there. I mean, Steam is obviously everybody's go to. They prefer to use that if they can. Um But it makes it makes sense. I mean, Activision Blizzard had this merger like yeah. yeah, of it's, course you would, if you're bringing the game to PC, like it makes sense to put it on Battle.net. I also want to say they got rid of the name Battle.net
1: like a month or two ago, yep. and now I they're know, calling it, it Battle.net Battle. again. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's got all the so, stuff you would expect in a PC game, 4K, the frame rates, custom keys, all that stuff. It's cool. Um, the big difference is that it can run at obviously 60 frames per second or higher, Um and consoles are going to be locked at 30, and that includes PS4 Pro and Scorpio. Um, so we will... It's I, Bungie's never made a 60-frame shooter, so I'm curious how it's going to feel on PC, um, but they know how to make is a 30-frame Wait, shooter. did you say it runs at 60 on PC? It can't, uncapped frame rate, so it could go higher than 60, but 60 it can go to. Well, then you would have to assume, and I don't know if they've said this, but
0: you would have to assume that there's no cross-play between no, there is PC no cross and play. other... Okay, well, that makes sense. Because that's the reason for doing it on the consoles is, like, so you've got obviously got PS4 Pro and Scorpio coming out, and they've said that on PS4 Pro it could run at 60, and it could on Scorpio as well. But that gives other others who own those consoles unfair advantages in the multiplayer. And also, like, I don't, I don't understand why everybody's so hopped up on 60 frames. Like, I know it's good for shooters, but... Dude, it's night and day. It, it's... Not on all games. I don't like I don't like sixty in all games. Like The Last of Us Remastered, do not care for sixty. The game wasn't um, designed for sixty though. I, I just think the thirty gives it a more cinematic feel it overall. Does. It does. I don't like the fluid I don't like the fluidity of it in every game unless it makes sense with the gameplay. Like Next Machina makes sense at sixty frames. Call of Duty makes sense at sixty frames. Uncharted, like I guess Uncharted was thirty. I
1: don't need it. Like Chartered I was thirty. Multiplayer was sixty.
0: Yeah, and I get that. And I'm just mainly like using a game as an example that some people might want sixty, but like doesn't have it. Um, so like, I, yeah, I, I I think it's a shooter uh, though. Yeah, but it's not a Twitch shooter. That's the thing. Is that there is I don't know if,
1: you, if you it's trials. slower.
0: It's slower. Yeah, trial's okay, but it's but it's it's more plotting at times than like freaking call of duty where you're just sprinting everywhere.
1: We'll see if we're sprinting. We'll see if we're sprinting everywhere. in this fall, I'm very curious how they're going to handle the play of. Call I of
0: duty. mean, I'm sure it'll be fast still. Even the other call of duties are still somewhat fast. We'll see. Modern warfare, modern warfare two are a little bit slower, but by three, it was kind of amped up a bit.
1: Um, it's, I'm looking forward to it. Um, Really, like I said, the refined part, and that makes me I just, happy as a
0: I mean, big am I wrong? So am I wrong as an outsider to look at this and not really see the appeal? Steal, uh, appeal still for someone like me?
1: Some of the stuff they announced, yes, like... Like you tweeted out, you're like, some of the things they're cheering for, I don't get. And I, was, and I responded, I was like, some of these. It wasn't
0: c- even like I don't get them. It was more just like... Why are they cheering for this? Why are you cheering and deep for cuts, something man. so small? And they weren't just like cheering like, yeah, hey, okay, cool. It was like, oh my god, this game has completely changed because of this one element. It's like,
1: The hardcore for Destiny are very hardcore. It's a wonderful community, and I really wouldn't have played without Kevin... Burning me along on all these journeys, and I can attest that like playing this game with people is very fun. And bringing in guided games and stuff, I think, is going to help a lot of people. Um, you, you can play by yourself, they're doing a lot to help that, and I think that's yeah. pretty cool. I'm very interested in the story, I think the story is a cool idea. Um, it's gonna be a good game, it's gonna be good. My biggest concern though. And this is not necessarily
0: for myself, but more just for everybody, once again. How much content there, is there going to be at launch? Because that was the problem with Destiny 1. There was nothing to do well, after those initial...
1: Also, Destiny 1 was very repetitive. Um, it was they, very
0: repetitive. Well, that's the thing. Is it Once you did everything, it was like, hey... No, those things you just did, you should go do them again because that's about all there is to offer with this game right and now. And they've
1: they've talked a little bit about exploring Patrol and they added new things to do, like treasure and smaller adventures and things. So we'll have to just see when that game comes out. Um, I would imagine it would be probably between Destiny and Taken King levels of content. I, I can't see it having, because Taken King would include all of Destiny 1 as well. So we'll kind of see how it shakes out, but it's it's rough to say at this point. I'm glad that they've um, waited this long to talk about the game, and now it's going to be out here in September. Because um, Destiny One obviously had that humongous hype train leading up to it, and then people were fired, and the game completely changed. Like it was a it was a very poor PR situation, and this one I think is a lot more controlled, and they know what they're going into. And I think as far as the community does, we know what we're getting into. Um, outsiders not outsiders, but new people um, will see if they enjoy what's there. I think they've added a lot of options, though, to help keep people around. So longer. from
0: what I see right now, and so this is where it gets into the, well, th- this is where therein lies the problem. What I'm seeing right now, I don't feel like I need to get there on launch day. I'm like, maybe if it goes on sale down the road, I'll grab it again. <laughs> if I get it down the road, then I'll. Be, everybody else will be like, "Come play with me. I'm 30 levels higher than you, or something." I'll be like, "Oh man, this sucks." So but you know,
1: if you any Destiny fan game, loves repeating content, we would people would run with you to level it you again. up. I, I know, I, I get it. Um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll, it is we'll fun to play happens. with people. Kevin, Kevin's going to buy me the game at launch on launch day. He said he would. He, he said he I'll would buy you that. the game. He didn't say on launch day. But he is a big <laughs> shot now, so maybe he will.
0: What's he doing now? He
1: just he got a new career, big job. Is he uh, cooking hot dogs yeah. on the streets? He's got a, a destiny themed hot dog stand.
0: Oh, that's cool.
1: So you got your I, Cabal I dogs, so. your vex milkshakes, your uh... milkshakes as well. Oh yeah, I didn't know. Pretty it's a pretty big time. It's a hot dog robust. Stand. It's a robust stand. All content included but you can piecemeal your DLC package too down the line you know mustard costs 25 cents ketchup is in 50 um, if you want the full experience you can buy the season pass which includes all the fixins for a flat $10 pre-order now that's it, for, that's it for the news we will
0: be back momentarily with our topics for the week of which I know mine but I don't know if Max knows his so we'll be back in a moment with that until then enjoy a little ditty here Welcome back to the show, ladies and gents. So topics this week. As I said earlier in the show, I wanted it to, or I didn't want it to. I talked about Prey. And I said we were going to come back to it. And I want to do that in a way. um, Talking about the ending of the game. So when you get to the end of Prey, it is very much a choice-driven game. And you are given the option to do... A lot of different things. And to me, it was... So I obviously made my choices and made my decisions, decided how I I wanted to see things through, and got to the ending. And then, even after the ending, there was another choice to be made after the ending. Um, So all things considered, there's like, I guess, uh, probably seven or eight endings to Prey. And so this this goes beyond Prey, but just finishing another game of that type really got me... Mm -hmm. Thinking about it again, how do you feel about multiple endings? Because I really hate them. Like I outright don't like multiple endings at all. I feel like it ruins the structure of the game. And Prey is an interesting example because they give you so much player choice all throughout the game. Like, like I mentioned how I accidentally killed one of the characters that was like part of a made sign mission thing. That cropped up near the end again. They're like, hey, you killed this dude. Like, you totally killed that guy. And I'm like, oh, shoot, didn't, didn't mean to do that. So It wasn't part of my plan. In games, it makes sense to have those multiple endings. But I have never in my life felt satisfied when I finish a game that has multiple endings. And I think it's just... I mean, the first thing I do anytime I finish a game that has those different endings is I immediately go look up the other ones that I could have had. Um, this is... Um, I'm fine with games that give you choice. And I think this is what was so good about like the walking dead season one is that you made so many choices throughout that, but at the end it got to like the same ending with Clem. Like there was going to be, and even with what happened there with her, like between spoilers for a game that has been out for a very long time, you could shoot Lee or you could not shoot Lee. Like there was uh, even up to the final moments, there were still decisions like that, but they weren't going to impact the final thing that happened. The conclusion That's why I didn't like uh, season two as much. There was way too many decisions there that impacted everything when it was all said and done and I didn't care for that. I don't like games where there are like seven, eight different branching endings and they're like, hey, but that's yours. That's the one you chose. Because then immediately in my head, it's like, what if I'm not happy with that one? And then I go look at another ending. I'm like, that ending's 10 times better. I wish I would've got that one. And it's like, then you, then I feel stupid for the way I played the game or something like that. And this has been a big thing too with, uh, the Witcher three for me. Like Mm. that game is so praised by many, but I've heard so many people say like, Oh, I played it so much but I was disappointed. I got the bad ending. I guess I'll just have to go through it all again and make sure I get the better one next time. I'm like, you played that game for like 200 hours and you got a quote unquote "bad ending" that you did not like and you want to play it all was over?
1: Your, I was happy with my ending with Siri. I was not happy for my ending for Garal or yeah, girl with his um relationships. Um, but that was mostly cuz of guide work and I had to do it. And everything. I un- I understand why certain games would have multiple endings because it It makes
0: the choices that you make throughout the game have some sort of amplified effect, and it's not just this flippant, I can do whatever I want, and it's not going to affect the storyline at all. I understand why they do it, and some games have pulled it off well. That said, I have never been satisfied. Okay, I have one example where I have been satisfied with the multiple ending, and it is uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I went full Sith in that game, so there was really no other path for me. So when that game ends and I am leading the sith army with my woman by my side bastila that is a good ending for me i was satisfied with that ending that said there's so many shades of gray now with certain games like i again, think gray, like eight endings or something like that like many, i don't or, know if it's, i don't uh, know i hear near Autonomous has a ton of endings there's like, yeah, well, there's like... With Nier, it's like you need to play all of the endings to get the final ending or something like that, too. Which I can understand. That's almost like a birth by sleep kind of thing. um I guess, yeah. So, I don't know what's exactly what's up with that, though. um the... But yeah, like, there's so many endings now, and there's just, like, small twists and turns on each of them. Like, oh, you did A, B, and C, but you didn't do D, and therefore you get ending 16. It's like, what?
1: Like, I the did... the game's with different endings that I, I like are are similar to Telltale, where it's pretty much the same um, overarching story, but you get to fill in the blanks in between, almost like a Mad Libs or something. So I like those kind of... I also like uh, things like Infamous or what sounds like Knights of the Old Republic, where there's pretty much two paths. There's good and evil, and you get to play how you want. If and you then, commit to one early, right. then the entire story makes sense. Yeah. But with Prey, it
0: was like, it, I'm there's... making this decision that's good, but over here I'm making this decision. It's like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going back and forth between the two, and in the end it's like, here's your ending, and it's like, this isn't satisfying at all because I wasn't playing either of these ways 100%. Mm-hmm. And so, so it's, when,
1: it, when there's a bunch, that's one of the things that um were, not so much worries me, but going in back into Persona 4 when I was doing the guide to do it, I was like, for the Platinum you have to get the, the quote quote best ending i guess and the bad one i suppose but i was just like going after that particular ending in persona 5 i think about that sometimes i'm like man what kind of ending am i gonna get in this game and i'm i stress out i'm like who am i gonna who am i gonna have a teenage relationship high school relationship with because i haven't met all the characters yet and that means less time for characters later on in the game um you know, I I'm trying to think of games that I've pl- I don't think I've played too many that have uh, multiple endings or are they just totally up in the air. I mean, it's me. Ma- it's obviously I like more it of maybe an, an RPG what? thing, which I know you don't play like a ton of necessarily. No. I think I like the ones where there's like one or two, um, like Infamous, like I said. But I prefer more tell the story you want to tell. Um, That's what I'm saying with as games well. like The Last of Us. the
0: last of us is a good example because you You get to that ending and it's like you had no choice in that matter you had no choice and that was the thing that bothered a lot of people they're like i didn't want to shoot that doctor at the end of the game and i'm like bro that's the point (laughs) like that is the story they're trying to tell and you have to carry that out to feel that impact of what you're doing so i totally love that because even myself i got to that point near the end of the game and i was like i'm sure i have a choice here because i'd just been like
1: Trained, I like. Bring, I had just been. My
0: head had been trained by playing so many other games that I felt like all I had to do was get Ellie and get out of there. No, got to shoot all of them in the face.
1: But you don't. Uh, you um, don't have to shoot them all. You only have to I kill. You didn't. You only have to kill the surgeon, and um, you don't even have to shoot him. You can just walk up to him and you'll grab the scalpel and like slice his throat. Um, you okay, only so have to you kill. Mur- you don't have to you kill the him two. in cold blood. You do. At least. I mean, there's no escape from that. Yes. So and then
0: I I don't know. I think the other thing I really hate about them is that there's so many different having so many different options with endings then doesn't make any of them feel any more important than the other. And this is I think the problem a lot of people had with Mass Effect 3. You make all these decisions and all everything you've done over the course of three games has finally built up into this moment and then it's like oh they're kind of all the same. And obviously that ending has way more problems uh, going back through than just the feeling of oh this didn't come through or whatever or my my decisions didn't take effect because obviously they all felt samey and stuff like that but it's just the fact that like no one ending i feel like in multiple ending games feels better than the other um like i I I like just again tell the story you're trying to tell i don't want Especially in games that are not inherently RPGs, like a Knights of the
1: Old Republic or something like that. Like, just give me an. Could you imagine because... if movies were choose-your-own-adventure? Like, that would be. That would be crazy. I'm, I much prefer the single-story approach. Um, I also like kind you, of feel like sometimes if it's multiple endings, I feel like I have to go back and get all the endings myself. Yeah. Like, okay, so uh, this is a good example, and I knew about this ahead of time. So
0: I was like prepared and I had my save files set up and I was ready for this. But when you get to the end of Bloodborne, there's like no, there's some choice in that game. But when really? you get to the end, yeah, for with like certain missions and, and stuff like that, um, certain choice dialogue you have to make with characters if you want a, the opportunity to get certain items or this is stuff like that. When you get to the final boss of the game though, he is he asks you some sort of question or he says something to you. And then there's a two-pronged response. And it's like a yes or a no, something like that. And I knew about this ahead of time, so I, was, I had been preparing. But one of the options is you just surrender. He cuts your head off or something like that, and that's the end of the game. The other option is you choose to fight him, and he is the final boss. And that's the true ending, and that is the ending you want to do. But like, I'm like, what if I didn't know about this? It just chose the one option. He chops my head off game over, start over from the beginning and make and make your way back here like that 's a dumb choice to have it at, at the end of a game i, I feel like um and that's what I, and that 's more the vacuum the has talking,
1: returned
0: yeah, I can hear it this time um I just feel like it started to invade game this choice driven multiple ending thing it started to invade games that it doesn't need to invade resident evil seven's another good one as well where you make a choice about three fourths of the way through that game and then it has an effect on the ending and like you can finish it one of two ways and it's like i just would have preferred if this was one continued story because it feels there's an emptiness to it. It's like, I made this decision, but I know there's an entire other half of this game where I could have done this. And like you said, you feel almost like you need to go back and play that to get the full experience with it. And that totally sucks. Um, I don't know. I I mean, I'm just trying to think of other games with multiple endings and stuff like this at this point. Bioshock two is another good one. There's like a ton of different endings. That game infinite, at least had the one ending. Boom. You're done. You're out. Like you can make decisions in that game, or there is the illusion of choice throughout that game. But the sparrow the or the cage, the same, yeah. At least the at least the ending is the same. Like and, it, and those decisions you don't make throughout it are just there to be made. And that's a bad example because <laughs> that, that plays directly the... into the that plays directly into like what the game's trying to do and stuff like that. Like those decisions make sense, but. The ending is at least the same um but i just yeah like i don't like multiple endings to I'm, games. I'm not keen on them and i was yeah so i guess that's the root of it i don't know if there's anything else we can dig out of this but yeah i just i don't know the best gaming stories in my mind all have the same like through line narratives where, and sometimes I can make choices. Sure. But at the end it needs to come to one final resting place for all players. Those are the stories I remember. Those are the stories that stick with me. Your metal gear solids, your Batman Arkham's, uh, stuff like that. Like it needs to have one final finishing point and not this. Uh, again, we're getting crazy now where it's like there's 32 endings to this game it's like what on earth just, I mean, yeah. one or two I can get like the ultimate bad and then the ultimate good and then 50 shades of gray no porn novel p- pun Gee, intended I was, until I, I said say. that uh there's like all these different ones in the middle and I don't know I just, it just feels
1: hollow I think because of that so give me one ending from now on just give me one ending games don't worry Neil Druckmann's got your back Yeah, thankfully. Them
0: as a studio, I guess, does. I don't know. Like Yeah. I could keep going. But yeah. yeah. And you and like like you said, you probably haven't played as many just because it is more of an RPG thing with the fallouts and the oblivions and the uh, I don't
1: know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: The Elder Scrolls is I guess we could have just said that to combine those two together.
1: You could have. But it was an option.
0: But Max doesn't have a topic this week, so that's it. I want to talk about that. Um, Thank you for joining us for episode 94. As we said, next week will be another normal episode for 95. 96 will be our prediction show. So be sure to come tune in for both of those, especially the E3 one, if you want to hear what we think about that show. Um, Until then, you can find us on the Twitters. You can find this show at MGS podcast. Don't forget that we are a part of model citizens media, which is the brand that, myself and max and michael ruiz and mario rivera have together where we've got a whole bunch of other shows you can find that brand on twitter it's at model pods you can find max on twitter he is at max the white where he's probably tweeting about mario kart and acting like it's a new game even though it's a game that came out three years ago
1: now you can it's also the find best new game ever it was top of april's uh sales
0: which isn't a huge shock nothing else is out for switch right now um no not
1: switch sales like mpd like that's what
0: I'm saying. There's nothing else out for that. People are dying for games for
1: that system. So, but the, what, it wasn't two just two and a half million, three million who own it. I'm saying out of all the games, I know that. That's my point. Not on Switch only, though. Like on PlayStation. That's my point. Okay. Dork.
0: People, are, people have that system. They want games for it. So they're going to it in droves when something does come right. out.
1: I see you now. I feel you.
0: Um. But yeah, I don't know. Twitter. Uh, on Twitter. I am yeah. at moreman12 on Twitter. Uh, you can find our other shows with Model Citizens Media like the Model Citizen show, like Behind the Pixel, and like Reeling in the Years on modelcitizensmedia.com or on comeback. iTunes, Google Play. Yeah, we did come back with that. So a new episode will be up this week. Um, you can find those on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can also email this show at mgspodcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find this show on SoundCloud. And email us, just whatever you want to say. I don't know. Just say hi. We never get emails. Um, and then we're also on YouTube as well. Hello. What is going on, YouTube? Uh, you can watch us record our shows live there. We usually tweet out the links in advance when we're recording live on YouTube, so you can come and watch. and. If you want to watch us live and you don't want to wait for us to put the mp3 up later in the week then just come watch us live typically on sundays when we record so follow us again on twitter at mgs podcast if you want to do that and if you could leave us a review on all of our different platforms itunes soundcloud and you can't leave reviews on soundcloud but you can like listen to it or comment. There. comment yeah do that comment uh itunes google play stitcher all that stuff if you could leave us a review there that would be fantastic itunes specifically if you give us a five-star review. Helps us get the show in more people's ears, which is always a good thing. Um, until 95. Oh, last thing I'll say. Housekeeping thing. Design of the show be different going forward. forward starting after 100. We're trying to get some changes going. i picking the fonts. We've
1: been narrowing down the, the font.
0: Mixing the show up a little bit in terms of the art. Because that Metal Gear Solid rip-off art probably needs to go after two years of doing this. Um, I don't know. We're trying to look at some changes. So we'll see what happens in that front.
1: It's going to be a um, shiny new font.
0: But yeah, um, we'll keep you updated on that. We, we I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but if you do art and you listen to this show, so the crossover there is probably very limited, but if you want to hit us up either on Twitter or hit us up in our inbox and want to create some podcast art for us, that would be fantastic obviously we would pay you for your services if it is something you want us to do not like thousands of dollars but I'll toss a buck your way if you make us some cool po- podcast art so that's something we'll talk about moving forward or we may not even talk about it. we'll probably just update everything um but yeah that and then episode 100 still trying to figure out what to do for that because it's six shows away and obviously we've got a whole bunch of e3 stuff coming And that's got our attention right now, but we want to do something cool for 100. We don't know what we're thinking about it. We'll get back to you on that one down the line. But that's it for 94. Thank you again for listening to us this week. As always, we love you. Have a great week. Take care of yourself. Play some video games. Bye-bye. Farewell. Hello and welcome to the first episode of Subway Soundwaves, the podcast where we try every item on the Subway menu and give a review about them. This is episode one. This week we will be talking about the ham and turkey bacon cheese melt with pepper jack cheese. I am your host, Logan Moore, and I ate a sandwich.
1: I'm not too keen on the amount of ham and turkey that they chose to put in this sandwich. You were
0: were at the counter. You said, give me the double meat. And they said, okay. So they put the double meat on there. It wasn't
1: enough. They're skimping out on the meat. I need more meat, more turkey, more ham. That's why you pay for the double meat. What's up, everybody?
0: Welcome to episode 94. Yeah. We still need to figure out 100 plans. So we got two more, and then we got a bunch of E3 episodes, and then figure that out. We'll figure it out when we go live proper. Are you ready?